What's up, y'all? It's daytime and Neil here. It's nice and sunny outside. It's not the same night that we recorded because I wanted to give you guys extra time to sign up for this giveaway. And so we are going to be giving away these two Garatina V-Stars. Uh, they've been taking up space on my desk. I want to ship them and get rid of them. So yeah, here we go. We're going to spin it real quick. Do, 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 do. And the winner is the Jaminator. If you're the Jaminator... You won these two Tina V stars. Congratulations. All you got to do to claim them is uh, message either Kieran or I or on Twitter, and I will get that shipped out to you. Um, if you're friends with the Jaminator and you don't want the Jaminator to have these, don't tell them about this. And if the Jaminator doesn't reply, we'll give these away again. But don't worry, there's more giveaways. Banana Games and Hobbies have graciously supplied us with more giveaway items. So we have two holiday advent calendar countdowns to give out this week. Um, actually, sorry, I lied. We're going to give it one this week, one next week. Um, to enter, all you got to do is follow the instructions in the description. Follow Banana, Banana Games and Hobbies on Instagram. Follow Kieran and I. And comment your favorite Pokemon card. Whatever it is. Maybe it was like the first uh, card you did well within a tournament. First thing you pulled that was cool. It's just your favorite Pokemon. Maybe you want a meme and send me a Magikarp. I don't really care. Whatever your favorite card is, and we will pick one random comment and send them a whole holiday advent calendar free of charge. Now, you can go back to what you came for. Go watch the Shift Gear podcast. Peace. Hello, my lovely Shift Gear guests, my lovely Shift Gear listeners, my lovely Shift Gear co-hosts. We're all here today, and it's a good day, man. It's a damn good day. And y'all on YouTube, you know why? The Packers won a damn game. Against the fabled Cowboys. They didn't just win and... it, Neil. That was... The game was done, like, <laughs> in the first, like, quarter. That Broski, was a slaughter. They had, up the, um, they had up the divisional round on FanDuel, like, Green Bay versus San Francisco, after the third quarter. <laughs> they didn't even wait to the end. They said, yo, it's locked. It's over. Um, but it's a damn good day. And I know there's a few Packers fans who follow this podcast. So, hey, we're living in luxury today, my friends. Um, this week's episode is not sponsored by any, like run-of-the-mill random place that no one's ever heard of that no one will ever go to but instead we have something better we have the christian labella with us here today uh christian if you don't mind give it a little bit of an intro on yourself uh how long you've been playing whatever whatever we all know you're the arc god and we're gonna get into that in a bit but if you don't mind just giving us a little bit of a intro uh my name is christian i'm from toronto canada i've been playing for about uh five years now since i was in seniors and um I am known as the Arc God, yeah. I've been playing Arc Damn right. <laughs> Labella's better known yeah. as the Dura Demon. The Dura Demon. There's oh, been a yeah. lot of, there's been the a lot of false, false yeah. Dura Demons, but we have with us the, the Dura Demon. So, the Dura Demon. Yeah. Labella, thanks for joining us live from your dorm room at uh, TMU. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course, of course. So just to lead off, did any of you guys watch the Gearheart versus Bradner stream? We're recording this right after it. Dude. There was football on. <laughs> that was my Super Bowl. I watched it. Nice. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, like, I thought it was fun. Uh, the first, like, three or four games were pretty uneventful. Lots of just, like, bad passes. Bradner was going mana fee pass. Uh, but I think the last couple of games were actually pretty good. So, uh, shout out Bradner for taking that one down. Shout out to Zool and uh, shout out Gearheart for being a good sport and putting it together. So, I don't know, uh, LaBelle, what do you think of it? Um... I thought that that went exactly as like I thought it was gonna go. Not gonna lie, like I knew like Tina was gonna drop a couple games because like the deck just sucks and it's inconsistent. But like, it, like I think Tina's already like a bit favored into Guardy, or if anything, it's close to 50-50. Browner had like Mabry and Gearheart played 
deoxys for some <laughs> reason. So like, yeah, I kind of just like figured he was just gonna win it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know if anyone saw my tweet, but I put like fake odds I made for the match, and I put Bradner's favorite for sure, and mainly because Bro, that was jokes. Yeah, mainly because of deoxys <laughs> V star. So I mean, like, it just felt like two dead spots in the deck. Like one of the games, Gearheart did use deoxys pretty effectively. But I don't know, I just felt yeah. like if he didn't play that, he just played two better cards, I think I would have shifted the odds in his favor. So I kind of wish mm-hmm. he played, they both played standard list, since I think it would be more indicative of giving us like a Giratina versus Guardian matchup. But either way, it was it was really fun. Um, yeah. did, um, did Jake play Jirachi? Yeah, he played Jirachi. Yeah. He played Jirachi and Oh, Mavi. okay. Oh, it feels pretty, like it feels pretty all right when you have Jirachi. Maybe have yeah, but Isaiah got to play uh, Avery, which is actually a very relevant card. Mm. Like one of the games he played yeah. Avery and like Gearheart had to get rid of like Manaphy and Jirachi. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that was correct. And I think it like lost in the game. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Once, if Greninja ever takes two prizes, like it's such a favorable yes. trade for them. And like, it's kind of annoying for you to build that yeah. back up. So no, it yeah. was good. Um, I'm sure the VOD will be out there if you guys want to go tune in. But yeah, I was going to ask you guys, like, maybe Neil Asky first, like, what other uh, grudge matches would you like to see? Who are some 1v1s you think would be fun to see? Dude, there's so many good ones. There's just anybody who's, like, ever beefed, like, publicly. <laughs> like, I, I, I per, like, personally, I'd rather them, like, fist fight and, like, record it and put it on Worldstar, <laughs> but I don't think I can do that. So, Ooh, like, Pokemon, about, Pokemon's fine. <laughs> yeah, what about chess boxing, but, like, Pokemon boxing? Mm. Yeah, like, I think that could be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Yo, I'm into that. Actually, I'm actually down. Yo, who are we putting so, up for Pokemon boxing? Mm, but yeah, so what like thing is even, like not some yeah. skinny guy or some like um, jack dude. <laughs> uh, okay, who's is who's built right now in the community? Like built like physically? Yeah, like you know who used to be Gino oh, Lombardi, Rahul. bro. Oh, yo, Gino. I think you're cool. It's like <laughs> yeah, Rahul would toss a man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be a good. One. Oh, yo, Bakari's actually yo Bakari versus Rahul would be a good. Uh, Ooh, yeah. Good physical match. But I feel like the bros, like, I want someone beef. Like, who's yeah. beef in right now? Yeah, I don't know. Anyone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, this is what I'm saying. So, we, we like, plan out a League Cup. We, like, phrase it as a League Cup, sanction it as a League Cup. But when we get there, we clear the tables and chairs out of the way <laughs> and just have a giant boxing ring. Like, all right, you're like, oh, yo, round one, Karen versus LaBella. These guys will like, take out the playmats. Like, nah, bro, relax. <laughs> get down with it. And you just start beating the hell out of each other. <laughs> That's yeah. entertainment. No, it'd be good. I've actually never watched chess boxing, but I do know it's like extremely popular. Uh, and like they play chess in between rounds of like actual boxing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you play actual games of Pokemon between the rounds. That's so. crazy, dude. I don't know path, and then like you're like on the verge of being knocked out. Like that's just a deadly combo. <laughs> like physically, yeah. Yeah. Roxanne path plus an uppercut. Yeah. No. I'm trying to think of like yo. Know, the, the problem is I can't like drop names on this public forum of like who has beef. Yeah. Like, there would be so many like good fights in my mind, and I'd love to see it. But like one guy always has an advantage over the other. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's physical. Like yeah. me and Kieran had beef like it would be kind of lit because like i'm a bit more agile but kieran has reach bro like i would get probably pummeled so like there's a lot of mismatches and i, I don't know if we have like weight classes like how we really go about this yeah this it's a logistical problem we'd have to solve so for now we'll stick to just playing the cards but this could be a big event in the future if Azul's listening if you want some some more content so 
Bro, let's have like a dunk contest. Like, let's let's do this thing, dude. Oh, nice. All right. Well, anyways, uh, moving on to more Pokemon related stuff that's gonna help our viewers out. Uh, Lebob, one of the things I wanted to, why I was excited to have you on is I think you're one of the most successful people we've seen transitioning from seniors to masters we've had in a long time. So, you had a fantastic rookie season. Uh, you had like top sixteen or thirty two at Worlds. You made a bunch of top cuts in your first couple of years, last year, which is, I think was your second full or your first full year in Masters, to be honest. So um, I was hoping maybe you could kind of like give us some insight to, to what it's been like for you, how you were able to make that transition uh, so seamlessly. So um, seniors is like definitely a bit different than Masters. Like um, I think seniors don't get enough credit though. Like they are, they all like play like pretty optimally. But um, the big difference is that like um, the meta is more diverse in masters than like compared to seniors. Like most seniors just play like the top like decks. Like it, like if I was playing seniors right now, I just imagine it's all like Tina and Zarden playing against like nothing really other than that. Whereas masters, like you're playing like like probably like um, almost like one of every deck. So um, that's really nice um, going into it. So um, like usually like. Uh, the decks I play are like, um, they don't really have like a like a um, like a solid matchup against like one or two decks. Whereas like that's what you need in seniors to do well. Whereas in masters, like if you have like a deck that does uh, decently well into like the entire meta, then like you'll do like you'll do pretty fine. You'll like it's a uh, pretty confident like you'll make day two. Yeah, I think yeah. I found, I mean, Neil and I both played in seniors. We've been playing for a long time. So I think I would find that, like, seniors, like, the top players are very concentrated and, like, there's less rounds to play. So I actually found your average opponent is actually harder than when I played in Masters. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say, like, mm -hmm. the top end of Masters players are, like, a different class. So uh, yeah. would you agree with me, LeBeau? Would you say on average, like, your random regional opponent right now as a Masters is, like, easier than when you were playing back in seniors? I think the average, yeah, because like you're always then like every other round you hit a pokey dad. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's great. Like in Masters too, I think it was like last season. I got a no show at round two and I was one and zero. Yeah, like <laughs> I don't even. <laughs> well, like the other thing too about like seniors and it's like I don't know. Maybe this is like a more of a Kieran and I thing when we were younger, but like it felt like most people only have like one or two decks just yeah. because of like well at least at that point like cards are more expensive or whatever and then they are now but it felt like most seniors had access to like one or two decks and you kind of knew like what they were going to play so your meta like you said is a lot less diverse and like just from like a shared numbers perspective like masters kind of there's just more of us right yeah. so you're more likely to see like one guy wanting to play goldengo and one guy wanting to play moon than you would in like seniors where everyone kind of probably concentrates to the top three decks so yeah i get that what would you say overall was like the hardest thing from like going from seniors to masters oh definitely like the mental like um you're playing more swiss, swiss oh my god swiss rounds day one and um like i remember my first couple originals like by like round seven i was just burnt out like i was just like i just wanted to go home like yeah it's definitely like um it definitely needs to do a bit of mental training before. Like, it takes, like, a while to get used to. But that was definitely, like, the hardest part for me going in. Yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense to me. I think another thing is, tell me if I'm wrong, but it feels like most of the top seniors in Pokemon, like, they have coaching now. Like, back when Anil and I were playing oh, seniors, yeah. like, that wasn't really a yeah. thing. Like, I don't know anyone. Like, we had, like, mentors who were, like, in Masters, but we didn't have coaches. So, like, Lavelle, like, did most top seniors have coaching back when you played? Okay, back when I played, um, the top seniors didn't have coaching, but they all like had a testing group. Like mm -hmm. all the top seniors tested with each other. 
Like, um, I did, I had a coach actually when I was in seniors, but I feel like I was like, I was definitely in the minority when it came to coaching and seniors, but like, yeah, all the top seniors just had their own testing group and stuff. So like, they're kind of each other's coaches. Yeah, I do find that most of the successful seniors, like they either have like a master's testing group they work with or like, yeah, like a coach, like you're saying. Um, Yeah, and it feels like right now too, like, and someone tweeted this the other day. They're like, now that we have like a one-to-one ratio of, of regional attendees to coaches, like <laughs> how is this really going to work? And like, I feel like it's gotten kind of redundant. I think we're going to get to a point where like, if every senior and junior has a coach, they're going to be like, or their parents are going to be like, why am I paying this dude $40 an hour when you can just learn from each other? And that's yeah. kind of what we did, right? Like we kind of had our testing groups and like, Hey, I'm super pro coaching as well. Like I know you guys are as well. Um, but like, I feel like you're getting to a point and this maybe is a little off topic, but you're getting to a point where we're getting a little redundant. We might go back to the old seniors ways where we were each other's coaches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, I think honestly having a good group of friends and like testing group is like really great for seniors. Um, I mean, Neil, you and I are basically our, our testing partners back when we were kids. Yeah. Um, I just, I think sometimes like what like coaches help with is like when you're a senior, like you're a lot more like stuck in your ways or like your, your scope of like experience is like less. So I do find like having like a mentor, like in masters or whatever, like even if they're not your coach, just someone you can talk to, like helps a lot. Like they have experience, like at tournaments, they can give you advice. Like they have more testing. Like I know for myself, like a lot of older players, like Curtis Lyon, like Simon Luong, like all them, like they were definitely like my mentors. And like, like Genesis, I remember that when I won nationals, like the day of the tournament, like I've been testing my deck, like the whole like month. He's like, oh, you should change these four cards. I'm like, I just trusted him so much that, like, I changed the cards, so. <laughs> Do you remember what the cards were? Yeah, I changed four switch to Keldeo and three floatstone, which was a horrible change, but I still won the tournament, so. <laughs> yeah, I remember that actually griefed you more than <laughs> it helped you. more than games in top <laughs> Yo, four that actually finals. helped me in top four against you. I think it helped me that you didn't play switch. I was like, all right, thanks, Genesis. Yeah, you had laser, but, yeah, but I don't know. I just yeah. found just having, having, like, yeah, just having, like, senior friends like you like I don't know, guys like alan zoo and then like having like those mentors who are masters like they weren't my coaches really but just having that like nice balance like really helped me a lot um which is yeah. i think great yeah. which is why I, I try like a lot of the younger players like in the gta like i try if they reach out or ask for stuff like i try and help uh when i can but i think coaching is just more like it's more specific right like if you need your fundamentals to improve if you're trying to like jump from like a average or like below average player to like a great player like that's kind of where I, I find it. It helps a lot. I do think that a lot of players need a little bit of help of getting to that point. And then once they're at that point, that's when I think um, a lot of like good groups form. Because it, it's sad to say, but a lot of like elite players like won't really let people test with them or be in a group unless they're also elite players. I found it's a little like, cliquey, especially in seniors. Yeah. Uh, like, Lebel, I don't know if you agree with me, but can you maybe like speak to that? Like, do you find the top like seniors kind of like all congregate together? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I remember when I was first in seniors, and, like, I had no accomplishments. Like, I, I like, didn't even talk to any of them. And, like, I want to call for regionals, and, like, oh, yeah, you can, you can test with us now. Like, <laughs> like I kind of got, like, yeah. That's, like, acceptance to the club. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you passed the yeah. vibe check after, yeah. after a couple of regionals. <laughs> What's crazy, though, is, like, I remember being in regionals. And, like, we'd go to, like, these stupid locations for League Cups back in the day, like the McDonald's in, in Cookstown. And you'd get there. And it's the same five dudes every yeah. single time, right? So you want to be friends with these guys and like you want to test with them, but you're like, wait, like I'm just kind of like outing myself in a sense. And yeah. I guess, I guess regionals or sorry, seniors is a bit bigger now, but that's kind of how it felt before. Like it was clicky, but it was also like, all right, these are the people I'm like competing against as well. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was seniors, like it was so toxic. Like every league cup, it was just like, um, like okay, I'm tagging for this guy. I'm putting this card in tech for this guy. Like. 
Yeah. It was so bad. Yeah. I mean, so about, I, I know when you played, it was like, who it was it like Lucas, Rowan, like Raven. Yeah. Like, you had a great crop of seniors. Insane. So yeah. maybe speak to that. How do you, because like seniors league cups are literally like 10 kids most of the time, like sometimes less. So yeah. how did you like handle that being in like, maybe like half the field is like elite level players like how are you metagaming like how are you approaching tournaments like how are you guys trying like one up each other back then honestly like with them in the field i kind of like appreciated that it was like hard because i think okay i don't know if this makes sense but i'd rather like lose to a top player than like lose to like some bot because i bricked <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. um yeah but like also playing against them like made me better at the game because i like they're obviously playing like the best like they can play and like um it just helped me like get better at like sequencing and like tech choices and stuff like that so like um like the other thing about them is they're versatile too like they're not all just playing the same deck every time so they're playing something different every time so it's kind of hard to predict what they're gonna play but um yeah definitely playing against them would um definitely help me improve my game yeah uh, I mean, yeah like- you all like translated so well to the masters and mm-hmm. i think you can kind of thank each other for that as well like you're all four like all four of you are now elite level masters players as well and having like that that top talent kind of play against you during seniors and kieran and i kind of have the same thing we had a lot of like good players and seniors with us at the time and like i feel like it does so much because like that first year masters is so difficult you're playing as like mm-hmm. grown men and you have, like, no idea what you're doing. So, like, ha- just having that experience of, like, playing as good players helps. And I guess having each other as well probably helped you through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. so I was going to ask you, Christian, like, when did you really feel like you made the jump from, like, hey, I'm just, like, a random, like, senior to, like, when I, like, I'm part of this, like, top senior group? Like, when was it? And, like, what do you think, like, led to that? Um, I definitely felt like I was at the top um, probably after I uh, won my first regional. Because like, after I won my first regional, then um then some of the other top seniors started reaching out to me. And, like um yeah, I just started at like um we started talking, then like eventually like testing together, then I like made it into their group. So like once like yeah, after I got my big like um win in seniors, then I kind of like felt accepted into the community, which kinda it kinda it's kinda bittersweet but, but like yeah, that's what it is now, so so, yeah. what do you think, like, led to you being able to, like, win that regionals? Because that's quite a big jump, right? From just being, like, a senior, like, you're getting, like, crushed all these league cups by all the best players and, like, maybe not doing well at regionals to, like, all of a sudden winning. So, like, what do you think contributed to that? Like, what was your, like, journey to that point like? So, I, I got coaching at the time. So, like, definitely, definitely coaching. Like, I yeah, if you don't have a testing group in, um, and you're, like, a senior or something, coaching is definitely a big difference. Like, if I didn't, if I didn't have a coach, I definitely would not have, like, one or been at the point I was at but also like um the deck I played to win was the deck I was playing throughout the whole season so I was just like comfortable in the deck I knew what to do in like every matchup so definitely like um practicing with the same deck and like um just like picking something you're comfortable with makes like a huge difference too like I like I was taught that like going to every event like you should lock in the deck like like before you even get to the event like I'm bringing 60 cards to an event I'm just locked in on a list yeah so like yeah definitely be comfortable with your list like practice a lot don't play something you're not comfortable with that's basically like all like all the advice i can give yeah i agree with yeah, that a lot that, like sorry go ahead i was gonna say like most of like the juniors and seniors i work with i tell them the same thing i'm like let's pick one deck for you and like let's master this deck and, like maybe eventually like it falls out of the matter rotation happens then you can switch but it's very hard especially when you're younger to like be a strong enough player to be able to like switch decks really fast and have the same level of mastery so like, if you just learn one deck really well like, you're going to be better than most of the other kids you're playing with. So I, I think that's a great piece of advice. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, what I was going to say about, like, the whole, like, just getting accepted once you win a regionals thing is that's, like, unfortunately, that that's obviously become the norm around us now yeah. at this point. Like, people are so results-oriented. Like, I guess even, like, on a smaller scale, like, for us, after LAIC, Kieran, like, our numbers kind of went a little crazy once we had a little bit more exposure and stuff for both of us. And it's, those, it's like, it's weird because we had our podcast, like, maybe two months before that. But once LASC having people like, oh, maybe I should listen to this person. Like, I think the same thing kind of happened to you where you were there, you were having these results, but like you went to regionals and then everyone's like, okay, I want this. I want this guy on my side. And I I guess it was probably the same thing for you in Masters, I would assume, right? After Toronto regionals. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely also because like there's so many people at Masters, like they definitely like don't even know who I am at that point. Like they probably never even heard my name before until that point. So yeah, like just getting the exposure too, like helps mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, and, yeah, and that can help you too. Like once you get in these like elite level circles, you get a lot of information as well. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people are just like, oh, I don't care about the publicity, and like most people actually really don't. They don't want the publicity, but just just being in those circles and having access to like top tier players like lists that probably play a lot the game a lot more than you is really helpful, especially come mm-hmm. like regional time. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. I think I've told you this before, Neil, but like. I used to be, like, pretty good back in, like, 2016, 15. Like, I had the most championship points in 2016. Like, back then, all the top players would always, like, talk to me. And I kind of stopped playing for a while, and I came back, and, like, you know, no one would talk to me or whatever. Like, it's not like I was seeking them out either. But then last year, like, when I started top cutting tournaments, I was top 16. Like, all these people who, like, used to talk to me, like, they started talking to me again. They're like, oh, yo, what's up? Or, yeah. like, or other ways say hi. So it's a little unfortunate that that can kind of be how Pokemon is sometimes. Um, I think at least... For, like, us here, like, I think we're just, like, friends with whoever we're friends with. Like, we're pretty chill with all our boys. Um, but, yeah, yeah it's unfortunate that that kind of can be part of the game sometimes. Uh, where you do need to people have... People just want to get better. Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. people want to get better, and they'll do whatever they have to do, like, within their personal biome to get to that point. It's, it's unfortunate, but, hey, man, it is what it is. I guess, like, once they started introducing money into this game, I think it changed a lot of things. And that was also one of them. Like, I remember... Well, I mean, like, when we were playing Karen and Seniors, like, there was no money involved for the most part. It was like, all right, dude, you won this. Congratulations. Here's your four, like, uh, whatever, Legendary Treasures boxes that we'd sell for, like, $70 back to the store. Like, no, that's like, all it was. If you if you won a regionals before 2017, like, your prizes was literally three booster boxes. And a Matt said champion. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we, it was crazy. So like, or the year I won nationals, like, I got the free trip to Vancouver. But if you got second place, it was like, all right, two boxes. That's it. Like, Dude, they put you up in a nice hotel, though. Oh, they put us in a nice hotel for that one. That was a really yeah. nice travel award uh, back then. That um, was... That was the spot. That was the spot. But speaking of mastery, and like, yeah, it's a good spot. (laughs) Speaking of mastery, like, speaking of like picking one deck and kind of sticking to it, like, LaBella, in a sense, you're like a very great example of what that is. And like, it's not to say that you only play RCS decks or whatever, whatever, but you know it much better than most other people know it. Um, RCS has kind of made like, I don't want to say like a a comeback, but it's kind of been a bit more on the radar recently. Uh, What are your thoughts on RCS as a whole right now, like heading into Charlotte? Is there anything. Is there any like partner you prefer with it right now, or is there um, kind of all up the air? One partner I actually really like with it right now is actually Leafion Vmax. Like mainly because um like I think like you like the Zard matchup is very good if you're pairing that too with Judge Path because like you just one shot and you're like limiting them to like uh, four cards and they're path locked. But also because like, Leafion B has screening cells like the yep. ability. So you're like most likely like your chance of hitting Arceus Energy turn one are just like like heavily increased so i think like that's like a pretty good partner with it right now i think the rich gigas that we saw in like 
Portland was also like really good. I think that's also really interesting. Like the thing I like about Arceus is like you can pair it with anything and it's like it's pretty good most of the time. Yeah, oh, for a reason, baby. I yep. have like a stack of yep. Vmaxes to the left of my desk here that yep. I could probably stick in a deck. Yeah, do you like it? Do you like Leafy on better than Superior? Then I guess. Yeah, main, uh, the main reason is like um, bringing cells like on the V, like also because like uh, the Vmax is also pretty tanky too. Mm-hmm. Like three ten HP is like uh, like hard number for like a lot of decks. But actually, Charizard. So like, if you take a knock on the Zard, like it's like they're probably not gonna like return KO you. And gotcha. yeah, get more prizes off that too. So it's pretty like I think Leafeon is like probably like the most optimal like V compare with the deck, like in my opinion at least. That's what I would play if I was going into um uh what's the next one? Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, ne- are neither of you guys going to Charlotte? No, I think no, I'm going, you. I'm going. Oh you are yeah. going. Oh you are going. I am going, yeah. But I don't think I'm gonna play Ark, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah so are you uh are you gonna be sad are you scared for rcs to rotate or like get weaker eventually I, yeah i'm scared for yeah before the rotation happens i'm definitely gonna play it one more time at original i don't know which one maybe let's it rotate before uic uh i don't know if it rotates i don't think it does actually i don't think it does oh it's safe dude oh no. thank, yeah. thank goodness yeah. thank goodness <laughs> we're not retiring you got one more year i think <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me check. I'm actually curious. So actually, yeah, Anil, while you're checking that, like Labella, do you practice other decks besides Arceus, or do you just like practice like Arceus? You're like, I want to just master this one specific deck since I get such high returns out of it, since you know how to play um, it the best. Yeah, that's what I find with most decks. Like, um, I mainly focus on Arceus at the time. Now I kind of like transition like more to Mew. Now I played Mew at the last tournament. Like my testing right now has. Um, is basically just theory. Like it's just theory right now. Like I, I just like didn't test like a lot. I actually watched Rowan's YouTube video on the Mew Hammer deck, so I watched that. I'm like, this makes sense. I just ran into the tournament, so that was my testing for that event. But yeah, I definitely like just pick one deck and just like run it on the PCG ladder and stuff. Yeah, that makes just, sense. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, you that's got, basically my testing. Yeah, you got top thirty two at San Antonio, which up until Charlotte is going to be the biggest regional of all time. So um yeah. I, and you said you just like watched a video and like got a lot of theory from that like that's something i find a lot of top players are able to do very well it's like they can just take in theory or what their friends or people tell them and apply it right away so like how do you find like you effectively do that like how did you watch rowan's video and you're just like oh i know what to do like to play the deck to that level yeah like um the thing about rowan's video is like he was very detailed and like his video is really good with help me like, like he was very straight up with it. He like the video was like, okay, save four tablets. Like these are the cards you need to save. Like four tablets in this matchup. You need to save um all these in this matchup. So like that definitely helped. Um, but then like I have played Mew in the past a bit before, so I kind of like applied this video to like my past experience with it. And like um another thing um about like being at the game is like what cards you like um need to like preserve and stuff. And um, sequencing too, and also another thing I find a lot of me players do is like they just like draw cards for no reason. Like <laughs> if my like if my yeah. hand is good, I have a cram. I also have an item that like I have a lost vacuum in hand that I don't like on discard because I like, want lost vacuum just in case like they play a path or something down. But like most, I see most players just like cram it away and just like just because they just want to draw more cards. So like it's just like just like knowing that you don't like need like draw your whole deck in like your first couple turns is like a big thing to like know and stuff so like, yeah yeah 
that's the biggest thing with Mew, man. People just see card, play card sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And it's so punishing. Like, it's, mm -hmm. it's you have to preserve your vacuums. You're right. You have to preserve all this stuff. And I know we said we weren't going to run an ad roll, but this is an ad roll for Rowan Staff now TCG. Yeah. Uh, that's our dog. If you if you haven't checked him out, now's the time to check him out. I have no idea what his actual username is, but if you just type in Rowan Stavno. I think Rowan it is Stavno, that, yeah. Is it? I yeah, think it's, yeah, Rowan Stavno TCG. <laughs> nice. Dude, just type it in. You'll find him. Go watch the boy. He, he puts out some good content. Yeah. Go watch yeah. the boy, man. But yeah, I agree with you. Like, some Mew players just, and I think that's the difference between, like, really good Mew players and people who, like, just start and struggle, like... Playing those vacuums, conserving those vacuums, and like the other thing is conserving ultra balls. A lot of people mm -hmm. just see ultra ball and play ultra ball. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, not a great strat. So yeah, yeah, you're you're right. You're 100 right. Yeah. All right. So you both are going to Charlotte, so maybe we can spend a bit of time here discussing Charlotte here. So my very first question, Neil, I'll start with you. Is do you think the Jake Gearhart Isaiah Bradner show match is going to have any effect on the meta game this weekend? <laughs> Well, I think I don't think anybody's gonna be playing Deoxys V Star. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. But you know what? I think um, Avery and Giratina might become more popular. Um, oh, that card is legit. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. Yeah. And like the other thing is like well, I was talking with uh, with a couple people this week about like my Guardi list right now, and I'm trying to figure out basically like my issue is I want a third rare candy, but I don't know what to cut for it. So you can like optimize your your supporters a little bit, maybe cut your Avery for a worker, and then play two Stadium bounces instead of playing that vacuum. But then I was like wait, Avery's a really good card. <laughs> and Avery's good into a lot of different matchups. And I think that is one thing that people are going to take out of that. I think there might be some Avery's entering some Tina list. I think people are going to put a lot of emphasis on it in Guardi as well. Um, just because it's good against Guardi. It's good against Mew. It can be good against Tina. It can be good against Zard. Like, it's just, it's just a good card. Yeah. So I agree with you. I think that's the one thing people are going to kind of take out of it and, like, run with it. Yeah, it's interesting because we had Dan on our podcast a few weeks ago, and he was saying, like, that was the worst card in this deck. But if, yeah. you know, like, it has it has some utility, right, like, against Guardi. So if we do see Guardi climb, like, I could see it being a good play. Um, At the very worst, is draw three, right? Yeah, I mean, that feels pretty bad, though. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and then... Okay, so yeah, I don't. I agree with you. I don't think Gardevoir is going to see any Deoxys V stars being played, but I do think no. Gardevoir. I don't know. I still think it's a good play. Like we saw one make top eight last week uh, in Portland. Uh, so maybe Labelle, where do you stand on Gardevoir in the meta? Is it tier one right now, or do you think it's tier two? I definitely think uh, Gardevoir is tier one. Actually, I think it's really good. I think like the Tina matchup is much closer than like what. The map showed mainly because like yeah there's a deoxys line in there <laughs> and bradner played avery and yeah all that but i do think gardevoir is really good like you have a really good matchup spread but what i find is like if a deck is in like performing well at like um a couple previous tournaments it like just randomly wins a tournament like soon because like no one expects it so i think like it might have a bit of a surprise factor too since like gearheart lost and like oh no one's gonna play this it just lost to tina that the deck that just won like Who's gonna play that? So I think like it's gonna have a bit of a surprise factor too, um, but I do think it's very solid. I think it's one of the more consistent decks in the format, and like I think yeah, it does have a pretty good matchup spread. Yeah, yeah. the thing is right now it beats the two best decks. Yeah, like mm -hmm. or at least it can. I shouldn't say it beats. It can. Yeah, and like and I think what the biggest barrier to Gardevoir is is people not wanting to play it into best of three fifty one. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Two, not being confident in their ability to pilot it for nine rounds. Two. And three is just not fa like it's not a fast deck. Like if you go into game three and, and you just want to take a fast one, you can't really do that. So to like be entirely transparent, my like I want to play Guardi this weekend, 
but I might not. Like, I might switch to something that just goes big boom because it's the biggest regional of all time and you can't really afford to take ties. So, like, yeah. that, like, to be 100% transparent with everybody listening, that, that is my thought process right now. I'm like, am I going to end up playing, like, Roaring Moon because I'm afraid of tying? And I think that is, like, the epitome of what the biggest barrier to Guardi is right now. Yeah, I mean, Giratina has the same exact same problems, though, right? Where it's like you're playing mm-hmm. best of one or best of two. Um, and I was talking yeah. to some friends, and they were telling me that with the amount of Masters at Charlotte, 36 might bubble out of cup, cut, which would be, like, insane. So, uh, yeah, we'll yeah. see. But, Anil, you mentioned there a deck yeah. that I think is going to rise in popularity, and I think should rise in popularity, is, like, the Roaring Moon EX. Um, so, LaBelle, let me talk to you first. Like, have you played Roaring Moon, or, like, just what are your thoughts on Roaring Moon right now? actually never played against it like i've seen it i've seen like it get played i think um i actually do think the deck is really good i think it's actually going to perform very well i don't know how many like like if it's going to be like high in the meta share i do think it's going to perform very well like i think you have a really good tina and i think there's gonna be a lot of tina and i think that's a big um big factor yeah i would agree with you um i think heading into the format like it had its worst matchup it still is its worst matchup is gardevoir so i think lisc we're seeing like 20 percent gardevoir like okay like i can't really play roaring moon but now the Gardevoir's kind of normalized that 9-10% range, and Gardevoir ties a lot, so they'll go to the tie bracket, and Roaring Moon, you're not going to tie. So I do think you no. can dodge your worst matchup as long as you're not facing it in the early rounds. Uh, and it has, as like you're saying, a good Tina matchup. I think its Maridon matchup is like slightly like favorable. Um, I think its Charizard matchup is slightly favorable. Uh, its matchups are very tight. Like It's not like super favored or like super under, under-favored in uh, any matchup, but yeah, I think it's good. So... Neil, we've seen a couple different builds. So we saw Ross Cawthon play the research build with like only two sought up. We played Moltres. This is main way to power things up. And then we had the more traditional just uh, Pokestop item build. So, Neil, which build do you prefer? Like, and which one would you play if you were playing this weekend? I was gonna say uh, the, Ross's build is sick. <laughs> it's it's really cool. I tried it a lot. Uh, I've been testing it with like a student of mine, and we just kind of hopped on it. And I was, like, so surprised at, like, just how well it, like, competes into the late game compared to, like, the traditional build. And, uh, yeah, if I were to play it this weekend, I'd definitely play it with, like, the Ross build with Research and Iono. And you add, like, that dimension to your deck that wasn't there previously. Like, and the reason why your Guardi matchup was so bad so many so much of the time is Guardi would build up, like, this 20-card hand and there's just nothing you can do about it. But with Ross's build, you play these two Ionos, you play Palpad, you're just fast, and you have... I don't want to say you have a late game because I still don't think you do. <laughs> But it's uh, it's better than it once was. So that's the build I really like, and I like the Moltres as well. Like just as an attacker out of the blue, like where you're not reliant on Dark Patch. Yeah, I think for me, like four energy switch should be in every build, regardless, and Moltres, regardless of what you do. I think you just Ross's build is a little less consistent at the turn one attack, but like it's just more consistent like overall. Like throughout the mid game and late game, he's playing more draw supporters. Uh, he is playing those like Moltres for backup attackers. So I'm not 100 percent sure which way I'd play it. Um, I actually like would probably add Lumineon to Ross's deck and then play it that way. Because if you only have two Sada, like, I'd prefer to just have an out uh, to turn one mm-hmm. Sada with Ultra Ball. Um, but yeah, I think Growing Moon, if it's a deck that you've played before or you're, like, interested in trying, like, I think now is a really good time to try it. Um, I do think yeah. it's prime. Like, if I see one in top eight, like, I won't be surprised at all this weekend. And, like, one last thing about Ross's build is it's just, like, it's it's less supporter reliant. Like, it's less reliant on Sada, which is what I really like. So, like, your point about Lumineon makes total sense, and, like, I agree with it. But you also have, like, those outs. Like, you can just research into, like, Dark Patch, E-Switch, E-Switch, and you're chilling, right? So I think that's why, like, Ross built it the way he did. And I agree with you. Like, I'd probably put it into Lumineon if I were to play it this weekend. But I like that it can kind of it can kind of do both. Like, you, you can play Sada, you can play Research, and you're still probably chilling. So um, with that in mind, though, like, what do you guys 
see kind of maybe coming to the front runner uh, of this weekend. Like we saw Moffat do well with Murata last week. It seems really strong. And there's like, we were counting. There's like six Mews in top 16. Is there any like dark horse? And we can start with you, Karen. Uh, any dark horse you think might pop its head up here? Uh, yeah, I think Wrong Moon is the dark horse, but like just other decks. Um, I don't know. I think just Spirit Tomb as a card might see more play this weekend. Um, and it probably should <laughs> since Mew, I think Mew in, on paper actually has really good matchups in this format right now. Um, other than that, not really like all the other decks have kind of like settled into their spot in the meta. Like Gardevoir and yeah. Radon have settled into the 10% range. Um, Charizard has shown that it's a 15% range deck every tournament. Um, we did see Rapid Strike go up and play last week. Uh, like I think we predicted, but it didn't really perform that well, so... I don't really see a huge dark horse besides the moon. What about you, Christian? Um, yeah, I, I would have to like agree with you and say the same things. Like, um, yeah, I do think um, since Scardi is dropping, I think like it gives Moon like a like a like good opportunity to like shine because like the matchup spread just gets insanely better, especially like especially like after today, Browner just won like, and then like John Ang just won a regional. Like Tina's just gonna like see insane play, and then like. Guardian's getting like less play. Like Moon's gonna like win the event. Like it's just gonna win. I'm not like yeah. I'm just playing all my bets in. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Like there has to be some Moon that goes like hits like ten Tinas like in a row or something. Yeah, yeah. it's it's actually interesting because like there's not just like one tech that like really beats Tina in my opinion. Like there's not like a Tina counter. Like your deck yeah. just has to inherently have like a decent matchup into it. Um, yeah. So actually, yeah, maybe like Labelle, is there any like Tina counter you can think of, or no? Do you think your deck just needs to like be solid into the matchup? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, there's definitely not like a uh, Tina tech like I know of at least. Uh, like probably the biggest thing I can think of is like like uh, like judge or something like mm-hmm. just shuffle their hand because like the decks are like pretty fragile as is. Um, so like I think like um, constantly like disrupting them and like stuff them back a bit like too much for recovery even though like they do have the rocks path it's like yeah there's definitely not one like thing i can just counter the deck but like i think judges like probably as good as i guess yeah that makes like, sense yeah. more disruption yeah i was yeah. talking about this with dan as well like we were talking about like okay dude because he he wants to play tina he's like do i play tina again <laughs> And we were like lining out like what counters Tina? What what like what can you even do to stop this? And the answer we like fell on is like just play like a bunch of path outs. If you play a bunch of path outs, like I don't know, like in my mind, Arceus V Star with V Guard energy is maybe <laughs> the best thing you can play right now. Like it's so good in theory. And like we were just thinking about like, all right, so like Judge hampers Tina, Judge hampers Guardi, Judge hampers Charizard, and then Path destroys well in theory, destroys Guardi and Zard. And then you just have V-Guards for Tina. RC seems pretty good. And that's why this is the Little Bella episode. <laughs> I rest my case. Yeah. So, yeah, LaBelle, do you think uh, Arceus is in a decent spot then? If, like, you can... Because Arceus oh, yeah. is a flexible deck, right? So you can you can like, kind of warp it, like you were saying earlier, with that Leafeon, maybe for the Charizard and all that. So, like, mm-hmm. are we going to see an Arceus in top eight this weekend again? Top eight? Um... Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. I do think it's flexible. Like I like the thing about Arcus is like your Tina matchup is like just horrible. You do have the V guards and stuff. Like that's um you do have that. Like I think even with V guards, the matchup is still like pretty unfavored. Um and like there's like not really like a good V you can play in the deck to like 
honor Tina, like the best thing I'm like, you know, you can play is like your own Tina V, mm -hmm. like Arceus Tina V, and you have V Garden Tina V while judging them. Like, it, it seems like decent, but it's like, I don't think it's um ideal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tina at least, but I think it does actually have a pretty good matchup spread. Like, um, McConaughey did play Box, so like, you have the Judge Path Box, which is just, like very annoying into um, Gardevoir. And then, like, um, if you do play something like Leafeon, Judge Path Leafeon is really good against the Zard. Um, like, your matchup spread, other than that, is, um, seems like alright. Like, yeah, I think Maradon's also a bit, a bit tough, but, like, I think you're, um, you should be fine against, like, all the random Lost Box stuff. And, um, I think Mew's also a favorite matchup now, um, since, like, uh, Spirit Tomb is, like, you always have room for Spirit Tomb and Arc, so I think, yeah, yeah I think Arc is definitely a very good play. Or not very good play, I think it's a decent play. I'm really glad you believe in it, because if you didn't believe in it, who the hell would? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't even know. <laughs> that is very true. Uh, then, yeah. last thing I want to touch on here is, so we saw Charizard, again, is the most played deck day one, um, but it does feel like the format is becoming a little hostile for it. Like, Tina, I think, has a slightly positive Charizard matchup. Uh, we saw a lot of, like, Judge Path decks to try and counter it. I think Gardevoir has a good Charizard matchup. So, uh, do you guys think Charizard's still a good play, or do you think it's just going to keep seeing play just because it has a very loyal player base? There is a, uh, a lot of TM Devos running around. Yeah. And that, my friends, is, is very, very scary hours if you're a Charizard player. <laughs> And I think the whole, like, this is like pure Azul diff at this point. Like, <laughs> he did well twice. He's probably the biggest personality in the game. He's the biggest following. Like, people are going to want to play this. Like, I can tell you even for myself, I hate Charizard as a deck. Because you just, like, kind of lose to getting judged and path and not having out. And I hate that. But um, even after, even me, after watching his deck profile, I was like, all right, I want to pick this up. Like, I, I want to try it. He makes it seem very attractive to, to play. And as a newer player, even like as an average player, you can kind of see the merit behind it. Like, it's a, I don't want to say it's linear. It's definitely not linear, but it's kind of just, all right, I attach and I attack. So mm -hmm. I think there, it is definitely still going to be played. I think there's going to be a lot of hate. I think the conversion rate's going to be a little bit lower, but I think it, it's definitely going to get played. Like, Azul's playing it. People like Azul and people like Charizard. So Yeah, it's it's funny because Azul and his group said, like, they didn't feel super great picking it. But, I mean, Azul's, like you said, Azul diff. Like, I'm on his Pokestats right now. He beat two Chen Pao. So, I'm like, that is just Azul diff. Like, <laughs> that's He's so him. bad. So, yeah. He's him. <laughs> uh, no, I think Charizard's fine. Like, it's just a solid deck. It doesn't have any, like, crazy matchups one way or the other. Uh, and one of its worst matchups, Snorlax, I expect to really go down just because of all the Tina, so... No, I think... LaBella, what do you think about it? Uh, I think, yeah, what you said about, um, like, Azul being a big figure in the community um, and he's playing Zard, I think that definitely has a huge impact on it. Especially since, like, his run with Zard has been, like, like insane. Like, yeah. has he miscut with Zard yet? Uh, like, I don't think he has. I don't think he has either. Let's pull up his limit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually... Yeah, I think he, like, has cut every event he played Zard. So I think, like, like... Azul, like, I think he's the biggest person in the community right now, at least in North America. And, like, if you see, like, that level of success with um, Zard, like, I think, like, it's always going to be a popular deck. Like, mm -hmm. that's another thing. I don't think, like, like you got more, like, like cards that can counter Zard, but there's not just, like, that one card, like, Spirit Team that counters Zard right away. So I think, like, uh, Zard is always going to be a popular pick, mainly because of and those Zard, reasons. Yeah. The other thing is too, like Zard only gets better after rotation. I think. So, yeah. 
it's like it's gonna be one of those decks people can kind of just pick up they buy their 30 dollars arts whatever whatever and you'll have it for a few months so yeah it's also a good thing uh kieran question for you we talked a lot about us today if you were to go to charlotte and i know like maybe you don't have a definitive answer for us if you were to go to charlotte what are you playing and why uh, I'm playing Chen Pao just because I haven't played in a while. But uh, no, like realistically, <laughs> like if I was going, I was like, my goal was to, like win. Like I'd probably just play Gardevoir. Um, I just think it's solid, right? Like you, it's very has a lot of skill based matchups. Uh, its matchup spread is still fine, despite what we saw with Bradner today. I would still like favor myself into a Giratina matchup, like slightly, yeah. uh, if I'm playing like a normal list. <laughs> um, then Charizard's a good matchup, which is again 15%. Maridon's down in play, which is good. Um, so I'd probably just play Gardevoir, uh, if VIP you're like, or no VIP? that's a good question. I feel like I would actually not play VIP cause I'm trying to like scam oh. all these extra deck spots, bro. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like it, it, it makes sense to me in theory, like how no VIP is good. Um, like, and you, fr you do free up a lot of those spots where I feel like right now, like teching for certain things is really important. So mm -hmm. like, honestly, I think there's definitely more of a case to be playing no VIP right now than there maybe was like a couple weeks ago. Um, but like other than you and other than Rowan, I haven't seen a whole lot of people not playing VIP. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Cause like, I think VIP is better in a more aggressive format, which I actually think we're moving away from with like Tina and Charizard being two, the two most popular decks. So I actually think no VIP is fine. Like if you prize Mirage mm -hmm. up, whatever that sucks, but like just play the game normally. Um, yeah. but yeah, you are right. Like even after LISC, like I made top, top four with no VIP, Jeremy made top eight with no VIP, but it, it didn't really seem to catch on. Like I forget what the next regional was, but like. No one played no VIP at the next regional, pretty much. Uh, or like some it was people. San Antonio. Yeah, I think it was San Antonio. Like, I looked like some of the yeah. Gardevoirs were doing it, but like most of them still played VIP. So um, I don't know if it's just because like people are used to that, um, and they just so, or like they just don't want to switch. But I think like it's a valid way to play the deck. Like I don't think like there's anything wrong with uh, no VIP Gardevoir. Like you are weaker in games you prize Mirage up. But, like, in the games where, like, you get Mirage Step off, which is, like, 80% of the time, like, your deck is just way better. Like, you're playing, like, all these extra search cards, you're playing extra fog crystals, like, you're playing, like, extra techs. Like, I, I squeezed in, like, Turo, for example, into my Guardi. I don't know if I'd play that anymore now that Snorlax down, but, like, if you want to fit, like, Jirachi and, like, Manaphy without having to give up a lot of, like, consistency, like, you can do it. So, um, I don't know. I think if you want to have more techs in your deck and you don't want to, like, sacrifice, like, consistency... Um, I think cutting the VIP passes are the way to go. Damn, man. This is calling my full government name right now. <laughs> I'm hearing, like, everything I want to do all in one. This guy just, ugh. <laughs> damn. Am I going to cut my VIP passes? I don't know. But it's definitely something to think about. And, like, I think you make a very good case for it. And I hope some people do it. I hope some people try it. Put those $6 VIP passes away, man. They're rotating anyways. <laughs> it, it don't matter. <laughs> yeah, because uh, um, I have Limitless open. I'm just pulling up all, like, the guard wars that have been doing well, like, right after yeah. LASC. Like, yeah, they were all playing... Uh, VIP. Actually, here, Cal Connor played no VIP and got top eight at Brisbane, but all the other ones, it was all VIP builds, so. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Final thoughts, boys? Going into, uh, I mean, we discussed the meta, but going into, like, what's going to be, I think, one of two or three regionals before Paldean Fates, before we get Moonlit Hill and stuff. Uh, I mean, like, LaBelle, we haven't gotten your thoughts. What do you think about that card? Do you think it's going like, to kind of propel Guardi? Oh yeah, for sure. I think uh, when when that releases, I think um, at least for the first event, Guardi's gonna be the most popular. After that, we'll see how it performs at that event. But that, I think definitely for the first event, is Guardi's just gonna skyrocket in like the meta share. Yeah, yeah. that is just an insane have... card. 
Yeah. yeah. I hope you all have your Avery's, man. That that <laughs> Vancouver Regionals, because it's going to be the last one with uh, Shiny Arcana as well. And then oh. the first one with Moonlit Hill. It is going to be a Guardy Fest. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting because it's only, that's the like Gardevoir's last hurrah before rotation that loses yeah. like uh, Shiny yeah. Arcana. So, interesting. But uh, speaking of new cards, I just wanted to close off our episode today with some of the reveals we got um, this week. So, we saw some more A specs. And I will say, I did, we were saying that like the A specs need to be like beyond broken to like be considered instead of Prime Catcher. And I do think they gave us some pretty broken ones. So, uh, I just want to talk about the reboot bot first, where it's for each future Pokemon you have in play, you can choose one basic energy from your discard and attach it to a Pokemon. Um, so in theory, you can accelerate six at once. Um, so, Lavelle, I'll start with you. What do you think about this A spec? <laughs> I think, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, that's definitely like, I think, I don't know what it's going to be played with, but if it finds something I can play, if it finds the right thing, I think it's definitely like insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. But I mean, like, you could just, for example, like, power up an Iron Hands out of nowhere, or, like, I yeah, don't know, true. Attack. Like, yeah. Uh, and we saw more future cards get revealed. Um, yeah, like Neil's holding <laughs> Iron Hands right now, but, like, we saw some. Because yeah. when we, I was, we were saying when the other cards came out, like, they kind of sucked, but we saw some really strong ones come out. So we have Maride onwards for one energy 40. Search your deck for two basic energy and attach. So it's, like, similar to, like, Thunder CX back in the TDK deck. And then we saw this, to me, is the real best card that came out. And I haven't seen a lot of people like hyping it like crazy, but the Iron Valiant, where it's three yeah. energy, but if you played a future supporter, you do 200 this turn on a one-prizer. When you combine it with the like Cobalion, Iron, whatever it's called, you can start one-shotting a bunch of things. Um, so I think this deck is going to be very strong. So uh, maybe, Anya, like with this archetype, do you think it's going to play the Prime Catcher, or do you think it's going to play this like Reboot bot? Guys, guys, this A-Spec is a crack show, okay? <laughs> this thing is ridiculous. Like, just look at this ugly Hariyama I have in my hand right here, okay? This thing is going to become so ridiculous. And I don't want to be Jake Gearhart because nothing seems to work out for that guy. Respect <laughs> to that guy, but nothing seems to really work out for him. Um, but Iron Man seems unbelievable going into this next format. It's kind of the, I think it's going to have the same hype like TDK had when it came out. Where you have, like, all these different tools available to you and, like, Obviously, the, the future Pokemon pool is just diversifying more and more over and over, like you said, with Valiant, with Cobalion, with Hands, with the old Valiant that we had as well. Like, I think it's going to be good. And I think Prime Catcher is one of those things where when it came out, it seems really attractive. Like, it's just like a all around, like, just good card. But I think once these, like, more specialized cards come out, like, similar to, like, G Booster versus mm -hmm. Computer Search, um, once these more, like, specialized cards come out, they're just going to have abilities that are too good for certain decks to overlook them yeah so. like you can definitely tell they're, they're trying to design the a specs to enable archetypes so which i think is bad game design in my opinion when like it's a one-off card and like i don't know if it's like prized or whatever um mm -hmm. like i'd honestly prefer they didn't do a specs if this is how they were gonna do it just make them like so absurdly broken but yeah. i mean they set the precedent now with this set so i think going forward all the a specs we get are gonna get busted um okay then so we've talked about the future pokemon but the ancient pokemon got their own a spec so they had the drama of the awakening. So for each ancient Sick Pokemon name. in play, you have to draw a card. Um, so this seems to me very strong, but I actually don't think I would play this over Prime Catcher. Like Labella, what do you think? Um, is it a tool? No, it's just an item. Like you play it for each ancient Pokemon. Oh, to draw you a play card. it. So like you have oh, six. Oh, then I, I, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think Prime Catcher is probably better. If it was a tool, then like, and it prevents like um, Iono, like hand disrupts. 
mate, then I can see a case for that. But I think like like maybe if you're like trying to go turbo, like maybe Moon plays it. But I think Prime Catcher is probably even better for Moon too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think Prime Catcher benefits Moon more because you get in so many awkward spots where you want to kill that two prizer on the bench, anyways. Yeah. And like if you're playing Squawk plus Sada plus whatever else you play, like yeah. you have a lot yeah. of draw anyways. Yeah, you don't need to be so that one definitely like seems weaker overall in my opinion. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a consistency card, which is good, but it's not like a game changer like effect. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. A couple other cards I want to talk about. Um, sticking with ancient Pokemon, we have Dawn or not Dawn fans. Sorry, Great Tusk. Uh, or for two colorless. It discards a card from your opponent's deck, but if you played an Ancient Supporter this turn, discard four. Um, so I know we have the Ancient Booster Capsule, so do you... I'll start with you, Labella. Like, do you think this could maybe be a legitimate mill deck? Um, I have no idea. I'm going to be <laughs> like honest. I have no idea. I don't know when the last time like a mill deck has done well that, like, yeah, I... No, I don't think it has potential. I don't think mill decks are good. I'm just gonna, I'm just biased against mill decks. But yeah, I don't think it has any potential. I actually agree with you. Like, I, I actually don't think mill decks are any good right now. There's just so many cards that just recover, right? Like, you play Super yeah. Ride, the Pal Pad, whatever, whatever. Pidgeot V literally counters mill decks by itself. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I guess, I guess maybe not because they're discarding off the top. But I don't know. You, you get the idea. We have like countercatcher in the format. Like we have like ancient booster capsule. Like imagine you countercatcher and like you just mill people's like escape rope or something. Like you buy yeah. yourself a turn. Like I don't know if this is gonna be good, but I actually do think this card has potential. Um, so do y'all think that Snorlax stall as a whole would be better if there was a mill card? Like it would be like broken if there was a mill card in the format that was not named as Fortune Sisters. Mm, I don't think it would change mm. that much to yeah. be honest. Like they- yeah, they played crab, like someone's like crab, and like it's yeah, I, yeah. I don't think it changes anything. Yeah, an example I, I would give is like think of Belaba and and Bryson Man, Man. whatever the hell that thing was. Yeah, yeah. Like, would that make Snorlax ridiculous? I forget what the secondary effect was besides discarding cards, but like maybe. I don't it's, think it matters. I think it's yeah, I think it's like Avery. Yeah, 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 it was Avery. Like, it was Avery. Yeah, that, that card is insane. Um, oh my god. I think it would. I, kind of matter for like accelerating games but the way Snorlax wins is it like runs you out of resources and puts you in a spot where you just like can't win mm-hmm. yeah but like, plus, like the decks that played uh Bellabo for like had a, their own draw engine where like the draw engine and Snorlax just wrote them so like they're not drawing like they can't like loop it as like the yeah. decks that play Bellabo can so essentially yeah. the point I'm trying to make by asking that question is me saying like all right well if the good stall deck the prevents retreat can't make it good I don't think that this one random like Great Tusk is going to be that good. Yeah, Maybe but there, it could be. I there don't are different know, strategies. But... Like Snorlax is a control deck, and like Dawnfan or not Dawnfan, Great Tusk could be a mill deck, right? Like a mill deck is yeah. like trying to like race. Like instead of taking prizes, you're racing like resources on your opponent's deck. And Snorlax is like controlling like what Pokemon are in play, resources. So I think they're different. Like I don't think you can like compare them one to one. Like yeah, this probably I isn't good, so. but like I don't know. I think it'd be cool if it is. I just think that you don't have enough time. Like, if you're only milling four a turn, like, you just don't have the time to do this, especially in a format with, like, Iron Hands and stuff. Like, that's tough. Yeah. I mean, what we do see, right, like, a lot of decks in the format are slow. Like, Charizard, slow. Tina's slow. Gardevoir is slow. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you just get, like, you could probably get, like, two or three mills off before, like, they start trying to do damage. So uh, if if you get that many mills off, like, you are probably going to hit a couple of resources. So um this is like yeah. a card that it might yeah. not be good right away but like if they keep printing cards that are like control ish like disruption like i actually think it could be good 
Uh, and we haven't yeah, had a no. good Meldek in a while, so. Please no, please no. That's yeah, it, it, it would be annoying if this was good, though. Yeah, that's a good point, though, like, with everything being slow. But, yeah. I actually, actually, I'm changing my mind. I think it does have potential with, like, with <laughs> Guardian, like, Charizard and stuff, like, taking the first couple turns off most of the time. Like, even Tina, like, they have to have Abyss Seeking. So they're, like, they're milling themselves, like, on top yeah. of that, too. Like, actually, yeah, I think it does have potential. Yeah, it would be interesting. four super rods in my deck. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm milling them, bro. It's Misfortune Sisters. <laughs> Word. Forgot about that. Yeah. You have Misfortune Sisters on top of that, too? Yeah. I oh, mean, my God. Look, they, they also printed some other cards in the set that are like kind of control. Like, they have one called Airy, where it's look at your opponent's hard hand, discard two items. Um, they printed a, the hand clippers, where people have more than five cards. You have to discard until you have five. Um, but I do think rotation is taking away a lot of, like, the loop cards. Like, I think, uh, like, what's it called? Like, I think Silene's gone. Or is Silene gone? I don't even know. Actually, I'm not no, sure. Don't, don't quote me. But, like, I'm sure Control loses some cards that are, like, loopy. Oh, for sure. Um, oh, I think it loses, like, Team Yell's Cheer or whatever. Okay, yeah, I mean, that card is whatever. Is, do they have Palpat yeah, that still? Is that card still there? I think Palpat's still around. Okay, yeah. okay. Actually, so Control is fine. Um, mm. cool. Then I think maybe last relevant card is the Incineroar EX. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but it's its attack is fire for colorless for 240. Burn your opponent, but it costs one less uh, energy for each of your opponent's bench Pokemon. So it has 320 HP. So this could maybe be like a tank deck. We haven't seen one of those in a while. Um, Labella, what do you think of this card? Is this just binder or is this like tier two I potential? Think the, I think the card's interesting. I think like, the actual interesting part of the deck is like, I forgot the one fish that lets you copy the. Uh like pre-evolutions oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and like the, i saw the um the lin and the other evolution also have like pretty interesting attacks too so i think like if the deck's interesting i don't think it's like gonna be a top deck i do think like it's pretty interesting with like those attacks yeah yeah relicant's yeah. a cool card actually like it's uh it's pretty strong like its ability is like yeah like that uh evolutions can use the attacks of their basics i think the last time a pokemon had that ability was like celebi ex or prism star or something um mm -hmm. so that's always a fun ability i like that one um yeah i could see this being decent uh its weakness isn't that bad like it's weak to water which isn't that popular yeah. right now yeah uh, it's fine so is that oh well, i forgot oh go on, yeah. sorry yeah i was gonna say if you don't want to lose to incinerary x you're in the right place because here on the shift gear podcast we're giving out two cards that one hit ko it <laughs> and you don't have to worry <laughs> i think i think this card's existence this Giratina V-Star, I think this is uh, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem for Incineroar. That Incineroar is true, wants to do well. Yeah, but Tina right? loses path, um, so I don't know if Tina's going to be that big in the new format. Well, I think Moon's going to be bigger, which That's might be an even bigger actually. problem. Well, actually, I forget if we talked about it last week on the podcast, but there's that new energy that prevents effects of attacks. So you could... Mist. Mist. So, like, you block... Yeah, we did talk about it. You block Tina V-Star and you block Roaring Moon. So you could play that. It's all fun and games until Roaring Moon starts playing Sinnoh. Just, just yeah, Sinnoh and unlock that. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. I, I think the Incineroar could be good, but it's just like, I don't know. It's so hard to tank now. Like, Gudra kind of fell off the map just because it's just so hard to tank. There's too many cards that yeah. just say, all right, kill your opponent. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and speaking of Roaring Moon, there's actually, like, I want to talk about this too. There's a Roaring Moon non-EX where it has, yeah. like, B Revenge, where it's, like, for each 70 plus 10 more for each Ancient card in your discard pile. Um, and this is, like, people love this type of deck uh so i don't know i don't know if this is good or not but it's just cool that we have that in the format now this could be a fun deck it's not capped so you could get up to one shot numbers like you probably need like 20 25 cards in your discard but 
Yeah, you need Battle Compressor to get reprinted and yeah, a bunch but... <laughs> of other stuff, dude. <laughs> but it's interesting. Uh, oh, and then there's one other card. It's probably bad, but it's for Alligator. I don't know if you guys saw this one, but it's uh, it's two for 160. And then its ability is put five damage on it, and you do an extra 120 this turn. So it does 280 for two on a one prizer. Um, okay. We have Reversal Energy, so like this could okay. be decent. Like You're not one-shot in the stage two EXs without like defiance band or something but i don't know it's probably bait but could have potential hey we're at the point of the year where we need content man we'll, we'll <laughs> take all these random cards that we don't know if will ever be good you know what there, there's like a jank tournament somewhere waiting for this card yeah i mean there's a wug trio ex in the set so it's lots hey. of jank <laughs> If Wugtrio yeah. wants to cook, be my guest, yeah. man. <laughs> be my guest. Oh, there's also... I forgot one more. I keep forgetting cards here. There's a Matang, and its abilities look at the top four, pick all the metals, put them into play. So it's like a baby Magma Zone. Um, I don't think it's strong enough on its own, but like if a good Metagross ever gets printed, like this could actually be pretty good, too. So that's just a card uh, to keep your eye on. Um, yeah, but yeah I don't think there's any other new cards I'm forgetting. If there is one, let me know. Um, but yeah, I think... Oh, I think I think that was a good We're... episode. Christian, thanks so much for, for coming, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Before we let you go, uh, the floor is yours, my man. Plug whatever you want. Shout out whatever you want. Uh, go for it. Shout out Kieran Farah, TCG, or, yeah, the YouTube. <laughs> I study those videos for regionals. Same with the Roan Stab, no TCG. Shout out that YouTube channel, too. I would not be getting the places I've been getting without them. That's who I'm going to shout out. Thank you so much. Oh, I appreciate Thank it. You. Yeah. Your personals too. Uh, drop your personal and uh, whatever you want to plug. Oh, um, Labelster is my Twitter. L-A-B-E-L-L-S-T-E-R. Yep. That was like low-key a spelling bee question. <laughs> that was, I, I was hoping you nailed that one. That was good. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's actually a sick like Twitter username. Like, if I have the Twitter usernames that like people aren't like, oh, I'm... Anil TCG or I'm Kieran TCG. Like that's just so much cooler, dude. I know. Everyone has TCG in their name now. Should I just yeah, switch Kieran. it to my gamer tag? <laughs> What's your? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You're what? Fuego Pollo or something? Yeah, Fuego Pollo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never had a good gamer tag. I was always just like your Bob Man like, Eight Seven Eight, bro. Yeah, true. My name is like weird enough that like if I just made it my name, no other man had the name. So I was like, all right, cool. Like, <laughs> I'm cooking. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man. Thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. It's always fun to get guys like you on here. And like, our mission goal is to take like Canadian players. We feel are underrated, and I don't feel like you're underrated anymore because you're just famous. But like, you were at one point underrated. So this I still is our think I still goal. think Labelle is underrated, man. You think so? He's he's world famous, bro. Everyone knows this guy now. I mean, hopefully they all know him, but I still feel he's underrated. Even people who know him, so. Hey, well, now y'all know him. So, <laughs> thanks for coming on. Uh, we appreciate. It. Good luck in Charlotte. I'll see you there. Hopefully, hopefully we yeah. we can both cook up a little bit. Kieran can be at home playing Chen Pao and streaming and do whatever he yeah, does. Yeah, I might. Uh, the yeah. last the last couple of regionals, I've streamed them like while I was at home, like watching it. It's been really fun. So maybe I'll do that again this weekend. Yeah, plug it up, dude. Everyone yeah. on the Shift Gear podcast, go watch Kieran. Well, you know what? If they're on here, they're they, definitely on there. Yeah, they so. probably know, know me, but if yeah, they don't... make sure you go there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and I think have Roaring Moon in the finals. You can yeah. commentate it next week. Hopefully, our episodes breaking down: Anil winning Charlotte and Labella also being in top cut. Um, hopefully. And if hey, if anyone wants to sponsor next week's episode, hit us up. Uh, we didn't have an ad read this week, but <laughs> we had one. I just couldn't read it on air. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. Y'all keep sending me this these vulgar things that I can't read on yeah, air. Yeah, keep it keep it this family friendly. Problem. We're a family friendly podcast. If you want your ad to be read, it's gotta be family friendly. <laughs> We need a we need like a shift gear Patreon where we have like uncensored shift gear <laughs> reading these like vulgar ads these people send us in. Oh. But yeah, man, this this one was fun. It's always fun having a third person just to meme around with on the pod. Yeah, we will be back next week, same time, same place. Um, and then look out for the giveaway as well, which we announced earlier in the show. Um, comment down below. Uh, whatever you want. We're not, we're not, we're not even going to make criteria. Just comment whatever you want. You'll be entered for the draw. Same rules as last week. Nice. All right. All right, everybody. Have fun. Good luck in Charlotte. Yep. Take it easy. Peace.